Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. We're going to have an interesting conversation today about assistive technology, and Lord knows we can't get enough of that. Uh, But before I dive in and introduce you to our guest, I just want to uh, let people know who might be new and listening that uh, Alzheimer's Speaks Radio is about sound information, not not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people. And uh, we are live today, so that means you can call in with your questions and talk with our guest at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And think uh, about maybe being our next guest. Everyone here is welcome. So we have people living with dementia, their families, business professionals of all sorts. Uh, authors, uh, advocates, uh, singers, songwriters, mu- uh, movie directors, researchers. So, again, we've had children on. So anyone with an idea or a thought about uh, dementia and how we can improve it, maybe how you already are or what you'd like to see, uh, connect with me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. Now, I always like to give a few shout-outs. So I want to holler out to Arthur Sr., Care. Um, they support the Memory Cafe, Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is one of the first in the country here. And we do that on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at one o'clock central time. Anybody is welcome. It's that is virtual. Our group has chosen to stay virtual at this point. Uh, so again, just reach out to me. And then if you're in Minnesota, in the Shoreview area, uh, Brookdale North Oaks, Uh, sponsors a Caregiver Connect, and um, that is live and in person on the last Wednesday of each month at 10 o'clock at the Shoreview Parks and Rec Center. So we would love to see you there. And coming up on October 21st, the Waters of White Bear is sponsoring a presentation that I'm doing again. That will be live in Minnesota. Mass are required, and the topic is shifting dementia care from crisis to comfort, and we'd love to have you participate in that. Also, I want to mention uh, two um, international conferences. One is coming up with the Plymouth International Virtual Dementia Conference. They're going to be talking about the challenges and solutions in a COVID world. That will be held October 27th, November 3rd, and November 10th. That is free. Um, I know I will be speaking on October 27th. They have tons of, of great speakers, though, so check that out. 
And then also the uh, Dementia Research Charity Brace is holding a conference November 2nd, and that will be entitled uh, Together for Dementia. And they're going to talk about some of the global challenges and offering, you know, just a wide range, uh, um, a wide range of fantastic speakers. There, there is a, a nominal fee. You can find more information on both of uh, both of those conferences and on alzheimerspeaks.com. So again, feel free to to check that out. Um, let's see. Of course, I need to give a shout out to Dementia Map. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Dementia Map is free for everyone and anyone around the world. It's a global resource directory and events calendar and so much more. Uh, just go to DementiaMap.com. And if you are our service provider, we would love to have you join us there as well. So you can find more information, again, by going to DementiaMap.com. And last, I just want to mention the Foot Bar Walker. It is a fantastic tool that reduces uh, injury to both the patient and and the care partner because you're not lifting anymore. Um, the way this is set up with a foot bar that slips down and a high top bar, um, people are able to uh, support themselves standing up so you're not hurting the arms and, and the shoulders and the backs of the care partner. So check them out. You can now get that. Uh, again, go to Dementia Map. They have a $50 um, coupon on that, so you can get that for under $200. It's really quite, quite sweet. So let me go ahead and um, introduce our guest today. I'm, I'm really excited to have this uh, conversation about assistive technology because I hear people talking about it all the time. What works? What doesn't work? How's it going to work for them? So today, um, I'm thrilled to have Robert Flagar with us. He is the CEO and founder of Raz Mobility, and they offer assistive technology and related services direct to people with disabilities of, of all kinds, as well as work with government agencies. Um, prior to founding RAS Mobility, uh, Robert was practicing in telecommunications as an attorney and general counsel for two companies. So he gets the ins and outs of, uh, of um, mobile services here. So welcome. And how are you doing today, Robert? Thank you so much. I'm doing great, and I appreciate the invitation to speak on your show. Well, good. You know, before we dive into uh, my list of questions here, I always like to ask everybody, just so our audience has a reference, and, and that question is really simple. Have you been personally touched by dementia in your uh, family or circle of friends? Yes, I have. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have two grandmothers who I knew very well growing up, and both lived very long and healthy lives, or mostly healthy, one lived till 99 and one lived to 100. Uh, the one who lived to 100 had virtually no cognitive decline. It was really quite amazing, uh, although she developed uh, eye disease, so she was blind towards the end of her life. And my other grandmother, who lived till 99, did experience dementia in the last several years of her life. So that was something we had to deal with and obviously was challenging, but uh, she lived many, many wonderful years. Okay, great. Well, why don't we start off with talking about what is RAS Mobility's mission and how did it get started? 
Raz Mobility started in about 2017, and uh, our focus right from the beginning was mobile assistive technology. And the reason it was mobile assistive technology was because, as you mentioned, I have this background in telecommunications law, so it was somewhat of a good fit for me. It was what I was familiar with. So naturally, you sort of gravitate to what you're comfortable with. And what we wanted to do was use that mobile assistive technology, the smartphones, the tablets, basic phones, whatever it might be in that area, to help people with disabilities stay connected with family and friends. So take, for example, someone who's blind, because we serve people of all disability types. So say someone's Mm -hmm. blind, obviously it's very challenging to use a phone because it's so visual. We're using our phone by looking at it and tapping on things. So how does someone who's blind use that? Well, uh, there are special devices that allow them to do so, or they can use a screen reader on an iPhone or an Android device. So we sort of developed this expertise, and now we're offering a special device, primarily for seniors who are blind, to help them use uh, a mobile device and stay connected. And Similarly, for people with cognitive decline, uh, we saw a need there to help people with significant cognitive decline, typically uh, some form of dementia, to help them use a phone for longer, and we developed something to help them as well. So that's essentially what we do. We try to use our expertise in this space of mobile devices to help people who otherwise wouldn't be able to connect to stay connected. Okay. And do you have um, anything for, let's say, people who are hard of hearing? Um, are there things out there to help them adapt with that, with mobile devices? Yeah, so, yeah that's a good question. So um, we have a number of state customers uh, in this exact area. For some reason, it's really historical. Uh, the government is focused, really well-focused on helping people who have hearing loss Uh, use the communications network. And there are programs, almost every state has a program to help people with hearing loss stay connected. So, for example, in our state, the state of Maryland, because we're located in Maryland, we do business with the state and we provide them with smartphones. And what we do is we load the phone before we ship it. We load the phone with various applications that are specially designed to help people who are deaf or hard of hearing use the um, use the smartphone and this service is typically called relay service but there's other things that can help people with hearing loss as well and then uh, we work with the state to train the individual on how to use those various applications so there's virtually there's something for virtually everyone with a disability to help them use the phone it's just a question of education Okay. Well, and so often, you know, people have, you know, more than one issue that they're dealing with. And so it's not uncommon for people to be hard of hearing and have cognitive impairment or uh, have low vision, um, all of those types of things. So uh, that's great. Now, you had mentioned that you work with with, uh, uh, states. Are you open to working with other states outside your area as well? Yeah, we do, actually. So another one of our customers is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and Mm -hmm. uh, we work with them to help blind vets. Uh, And there are a number of other state programs, for example, Oregon, Rhode Island, uh, 
Texas and so forth that we work with. So no matter where you're located, if you know someone or you have a disability and um, you'd like help using a phone, uh, you should look into these programs. They, they do exist, and they're generally fairly good. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned the RAS, um, you know, mobility as a whole is dealing with all, all mobilities, and you have – and correct me if I'm wrong, the RAS memory cell phone. Um, and who is that designed for and why? Yeah. So the RAS memory cell phone is our main product, and it's our main focus. And we developed it ourselves. Some of the other solutions we did not develop. Uh, this one we developed ourselves, and we really, really focus on it. And the RAS memory cell phone is designed specifically for people with intellectual disabilities. And most of our customers, I would say 90% plus, who purchase the RAS memory cell phone um, are purchasing it for someone with dementia. So that is really our main focus. We want to help people with dementia to be able to use their device, a mobile device, past the point at which they would no longer be able to use, let's say, an iPhone. That's mm -hmm. the objective. We want them to stay connected for a longer period of time. Okay. And can you um, tell us a little bit about how, how that is different from some of the other, other phone systems that are out there? Sure. So first of all, the entire purpose of the phone is to help someone with an intellectual disability. To my knowledge, there's nothing else out there that has that very narrow focus. So mm -hmm. we're always looking for ways to improve the experience and the usability for people with intellectual disabilities. That's number one. In terms of how the phone works, there's two aspects to it, two experiences. The first experience is the user, him or herself. We'll call, we'll call the user the senior, just to make mm -hmm. it simple. So the senior who typically has dementia needs an experience that is as simple as it can possibly be, and that's what we deliver. So the phone looks like a regular smartphone, but there's only one screen, and the screen has pictures on it of the contacts mm -hmm. and names underneath. And when they want to place a call, they simply press and hold the picture, and it initiates the call. And there's a button at the top to call uh, 911 in the event of an emergency. And that's it. And it's completely locked down. So, for example, the volume is always set to maximum, and the volume buttons don't work. Okay, so mm -hmm. the, the senior can't lower the volume and forget that they lowered the volume and then not be able to hear the caller. Uh, the navigation buttons, sort of the virtual navigation buttons and the gestures that you use on an iPhone to go from screen to screen are disabled. Mm -hmm. So the user is sort of limited to this very, very narrow experience. And okay. you can even, the caregiver can even go online, and I'll discuss this in a minute, and and disable the power button. So let's say the user presses the power button, the phone goes off, and they have difficulty turning it back on. You can disable the power button so it's always on. So it's really designed to be incredibly simple from the point of view of the, um, of the user. 
So it's back to actually being a phone. <laughs> which, it, which, yes, and that's it. That's <laughs> it. It, it. You cannot text. You cannot go. You cannot uh, do social media. You cannot do Netflix. You can't do anything. It's designed simply to communicate from mm-hmm. the point of view of the senior, and so that that senior, you know, who has dementia and gets easily confused or can't handle complexity, uh, doesn't have any issues. So that's sort of the idea. And and then from the point of view of the caregiver, that's the other experience. Mm-hmm. So. The caregiver who's typically, in, for us, it's typically a child or a spouse who's buying the phone or uh, their parent or their spouse. Mm-hmm. So all of these sort of the intelligence, if you will, of managing the phone, the settings and so forth, are not available to the user with dementia. It's available to the caregiver. So mm-hmm. let's say, I know you're in Minnesota, so let's say you had a um, a parent who was in New York who has dementia and you bought them the phone because you wanted to communicate. So you would handle all the settings and so forth from Minnesota and essentially make all the changes from there remotely. You don't have to be with the phone. So you would go online and soon there's going to be an app as well. So you would go online or use your app, your phone itself, your iPhone or your Android phone, and you can do all sorts of things uh, to manage the phone remotely. For example, you could change, you would change the contacts and manage the contacts. So let's mm-hmm. say you wanted to add someone, you could add someone by going online or using your app. You could upload pictures. Um, you could check the GPS location of the phone because we know that some seniors with dementia can wander. Let's say they wandered and they have their phone with them. You could actually check the location of, of the phone. Um, you can limit the incoming calls to contacts. So let's say the dementia is at the point where uh, the senior uh, might get overly friendly with someone who's trying to get money, right, mm-hmm. uh, raise money or sell something. In that case, you could you could prevent that by limiting all incoming calls just to the contacts. So only mm-hmm. the people you set up as contacts could reach the senior. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check the battery strength and the signal strength of the phone remotely. So if the signal strength, or the, sorry, if the battery is getting low, and your senior tends to forget. That mm-hmm. and to charge the battery at night, you could call them and say, hey, uh, mom, uh, don't forget, your battery's getting low, don't forget to uh, charge your phone at night. Okay. So quite a few features that are all managed by the caregiver, not not the senior. Okay. Well, that's, that's nice. I hear so often from people with dementia, they get really frustrated with the updates and then everything changes on their phone and they don't know where where stuff is is that is that something that they would have to deal with or everything is really kind of hidden from them and they're just focused on that that main screen yeah everything's hidden from them so mm-hmm. we do have updates occasionally if we issue if we have new features we're going to have a big one in November uh, we're going to introduce quite a few new features uh, but what we do is we encourage in that case the, the the update can be sort of scheduled 
So uh, we encourage the uh, family member, the caregiver, to be with the senior at that time to help with the update, because you're absolutely right. Uh, when there are updates, the senior can get confused and they basically stop using the phone. They don't know what the update is for, what it is, and so um, uh, that that can be a problem. But in our case, that can all be handled by the caregiver. Okay, okay, that's that's nice. Um, what about um, so there's there it's just strictly a phone. There's not alarms or calendar or you know, searches or ads popping up, any of that stuff with the phone, correct? Well, that's generally true. We are going to offer some additional features uh, in November with the update that I think are interesting. But the point that what we do is make sure that any feature that we introduce is optional. So, Mm -hmm. for example, let's say we're going to introduce a way, uh, a system of reminders for the senior that's coming in November Let's say a particular senior doesn't react well to those reminders. Let's say they get agitated, they, they're kind of confused by them. Then you don't need to use it. So everything that we introduce, all the additional functionality may or may not be used depending on whether it's helpful mm-hmm. and acceptable to the senior. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I love the, the customization and the simplicity you know, of um, of the phone that just makes so much sense. And not just for people with cognitive disabilities, but, you know, if my folks were alive, they would have loved that too because even the phone they found was complicated for them when they when they first were using it. And I think, uh, I think the phones are becoming much more nat- a natural um, place in everybody's life. But with the picture recognition, just in case somebody can't read anymore, um, you know, is, is very, very helpful. I'm wondering um, what type of response you've been getting from people, you know, with the phone, both those using it and family members. Yeah, it's it's been really amazing, and we've been really pleased we get quite a few uh, comments on the phone, uh, you know, emails that we receive personally about the phone, and it's been really fantastic. And it's also helped us learn a lot, and mm-hmm. it, it helped us adjust. And I'll just give you a small example. At, initially, when we launched the phone, we had people call us asking us if we could disable 911. Mm-hmm. Because their senior would call uh, 911 quite often and sort of make things up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they get confused. They'd say someone was breaking into their house when, in fact, they were in a memory care facility, something like mm-hmm. that. And we were willing to do that because uh, this basically we're not supposed to. There are regulations that prevent us from disabling uh, emergencies. And, of course, seniors also, they have health issues, so you want them yep. to get help if they need it. Um, but what we did is we introduced a service called the RAS Emergency Service where instead of the call going to 911, it goes to a private dispatch service. And at that time, text messages get sent to the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And the text messages give the caregiver the opportunity to cancel the request for help. So, mm-hmm. And there are people that use – there are quite a few people that use this service, and it's been great. So – uh, the caregiver gets the text message, and the caregiver can respond 
no, my father is not experiencing a break-in or he's not lost in a forest or whatever. He's at a memory care facility. Please don't send the police, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. Okay. So that's how kind of we've listened to our customers and, and I think improved the experience. Okay. So like the the big red button, you know, for emergencies that goes to the RAS emergency services, or is that something that um, people contract specifically to um, to change on their phone? To 911. And okay. if they want, if it's a problem, they can get this additional service. It's the only additional service that costs money. That's it. Okay. I mean, normally you purchase the phone and that's it. You can use all features of the phone. The only mm-hmm. additional kind of paid service is if they need this help with uh, a private emergency service. Okay, great. Um, and I just do want to mention again to our audience, for any of those that are listening live, if you have a question, please feel free to call in at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. One other question I wanted to ask is, with the phone, is there like a geo search hidden in the background for care partners? Because I know that that is a service that so many like in case somebody does wander. Um, is Is that on there? Yes. So uh, let's say the let's say they wander and they have the phone with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the caregiver can go online into on, onto our portal uh, webpage, and they can check the location of the phone. And okay. essentially, we're using okay. we're using Google Maps, so uh, they will see sort of a little red button next exactly where the the phone is located. Okay. Does it have a like a um an invisible fence on it. So if somebody goes further than what the care partner wants, they, they get a text message. Is anything like that set up on the phone or not? Oh yeah. So geofencing, not yet. Yep. Uh, we're considering okay. that. Um, it's interesting. We've done some surveys of our customers and we're lucky in that they're very responsive to us They because they value it. And um, in November, we're introducing a number of new features based on that feedback, but mm-hmm. we didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of demand or requests for like a geofencing type of feature, but we might introduce one in the future. Oh, that's interesting because that is one of the things that I, I, you know, I hear, and again, I hear that not from the, necessarily the person with a cognitive impairment, but for, um, who, you know, is early to mid stages and still able to use the phone and things. But uh, from the care partner sense that it's just something I think that helps them sleep a little better um, just yeah. in case because uh, you never know when you're going to need it, but you want access um, in case of an emergency. So um, that's it. That's his feedback from what I hear. Why don't we talk about, you said in November, you're going to be launching some, some new features. Um, did you want to go yeah. over those specifically? Sure, sure. And I can talk about how we think they're relevant and why we've done them. So one that we're introducing is called Quiet Hours. Mm -hmm. And Quiet Hours is basically periods of time when you don't want the senior to be able to call. Okay, that sounds Mm -hmm. sort of negative, but it's not meant that way. So what we experience is that 
people, some seniors will get confused. They've got dementia. They'll get confused. They'll call in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And they'll call repeatedly, and they forget. They get confused that it's the middle of the night. Yep. So we wanted to offer a solution to that problem, and that, that was sort of a recurring request. So you can set up quiet hours during which the senior cannot reach their contacts. And we try to do it in the nicest way possible. So when the senior calls, it's not just that it rings and no one picks up. They can hear a message in the voice of their caregiver. Again, typically their child or their spouse saying something like, you know, hi, dad, this is, it's the middle of the night right now. Uh, we're asleep. Please call back in the morning. Something like that, personalized. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's the first. Yeah, that's the first feature that uh, that is going to be new. The mm-hmm. second one is a reminder system. So the way the reminders are going to work is one of there's one of two options. It could just be visual. So you could set up a reminder. Let's say at 8 p.m. Don't forget to eat dinner, as an example. Uh, or don't forget to make sure all the stoves are off or something like that. Um, and the, the senior will see a pop-up on their phone. It'll stay there for a couple minutes, and then it'll disappear automatically, or the senior can sort of dismiss it. The other option is that they'll see it visually, and they'll also get a call. Sort of the phone will ring, and they'll pick up, and they'll also hear the reminder in the voice, of the uh, caregiver. So that's going to be a new feature that's that's also available. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is video calls. That was actually the most popular request by far. Uh, people don't want just phone calls. They want to see their senior. Uh, they want the senior to be able to see their grandkids, etc. So we'll be introducing a way for the um, the caregivers to video call their senior. Um, right. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great feature. And another feature is auto answer. So sometimes the senior has difficulty, you know, once the disease progresses to a certain point, they might even have difficulty pressing the answer button. Uh, so in that, in such cases, you could activate an auto answer feature and the phone will answer automatically after three rings. The senior doesn't even have to press answer. Okay. Yeah. And then the other one relates to battery. Battery is a big issue because they have to remember to charge the phone at night. Mm -hmm. Like we all do naturally just about, you know, every night. Before we yep. go to bed, we plug it in, and that can be a challenge, obviously, if, you, if you're a senior with dementia. So what we did is we were developing this feature that will send a text message notification to the caregiver when the battery gets to a certain level. So let's say the battery is at 10% and the senior doesn't realize it, a text message will go out to the caregiver letting them know that the battery is low, and then the caregiver can uh, call the senior and say, hey, dad, don't forget uh, to, to charge your phone. Mm-hmm. So those are the main features that we're introducing uh, in November. 
Okay. <clears throat> so it's it's uh, going from a from a simple phone to a smarter phone. Um, but you know, like exactly. with, the video, with the video calls, so especially with COVID, um, that has been just such a a critical critical piece of connection to for people to visually be able to to see one another's and the quiet hours makes a lot of sense. And I, and I love um, that you're doing that respectfully with that little reminder of, Oh, we're sleeping right now. Um, so it's not, why aren't they answering? Why aren't they answering? Exactly. You know, they might feel like they're being rejected if it's, if they, so we wanted a level of sort of intimacy there that yeah. so they wouldn't feel that they were being rejected. Well, that, that is, that's wonderful. Um, wonderful news. I, it's, it, it sounds like you've done your research and, and um, back up with everything and are really listening to people, which I think is one of the things I, that I hear from so many is, you know, why don't they listen to us? And so, you know, if you are living with dementia or a care partner, um, you know, if you've got feedback on these phones, this is the guy to call. Um, and reach out to this is the company who is who is really listening and trying to define a product that is really going to meet your needs and and that's a huge differentiation out there um, from from everyone else now I did have somebody just uh, text me with a question and they were wondering if you could give them an idea of cost and I know you've got like a, a ton of different products to you know that you sell but Let's focus in on the RAS memory cell phone, um, how that works. Is it bought? Is it leased? You know, um, is, are there subscription yeah. costs, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So there's two versions of the phone. One works with T-Mobile only and T-Mobile's mm-hmm. resellers. Uh, Mint Mobile is an example of a wireless provider that resells T-Mobile's mm-hmm. network. Um, and that costs $309. Okay. And then there's a version of the phone that works with any wireless provider, including Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that costs $349. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as I mentioned, there's no ongoing uh, fees uh, unless, the, unless the caregiver wants to get their senior the RAS emergency service because they have an issue with, repetitive 911 calling. Okay. And and what does that run a month or is that a year? I don't know how that works. Yeah, there's an option. I think it's 79.99 for the year. Mhm. Uh or I think they can pay monthly for $7.99 uh per month. So you can okay. do monthly or just pay on an annual basis. So again, still still um really um, economical compared to a lot of other other fees that are out there. Regarding the 911, I will just um, mention to people too, because I think a lot of people don't know this. If you're having issues, um, and actually anybody, I think should just register their loved one with dementia with 911. You can call and ask for the non-emergency number, and then you can give them information. So if your person has a tendency. Um, to make a call, you know, you can have that noted in the nine in their nine one one file. The number it is, you know, the contact person, you know, the care partner. If they wander, you can tell them what direction they usually go. Um, nicknames, favorite places, 
um, you know, medical information as well, uh, you know, how to calm them down. They're really good about taking that information because they want to know when they're meeting somebody what to what to be able to expect, and that can that can help um, in terms of diffusing a situation as well. So I would recommend that no matter no matter what, um, if you're worried about a 911 call or not, because you know. 99% of the time, we don't know when we're going to have an emergency situation. And that emergency situation could actually end up being that uh, the care partner is having a heart attack, um, and but they care for somebody else. And that all needs to be tied together uh, to let people know, you know, with that kind of kind of information. So uh, that is that's wonderful to know. Anything that we miss? that we should cover um, other than contact information? I want to make sure that I, I didn't miss anything. This just um, I don't wonderful. think so. I, I, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I think that's it. I just want to emphasize again with respect to the phone that the phones are unlocked. So, you know, we're not providing the service, so you could use your regular wireless provider uh, to provide it. So, again, it's just the, the cost of the phone, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I know one one thing is if someone's having an issue with their phone, I would imagine you have a cu- customer service line that, you know, could walk people through if there's issues. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We have customer service that's available from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Those are Eastern uh, times. And uh, they really do a great job of helping people. And we encourage uh, the caregivers when they're kind of setting everything up, we encourage them to call and we're happy to to help. Wonderful. Well, you can uh, get a hold of uh, one of these fantastic phones or or maybe check on some of their, their other features that they have too if you have other disabilities that you're dealing with. Um, contact RAS Mobility via their website, and that is just rasmobility.com. They've kept it really easy for us. Like everything that they do, they understand simplicity and clarity is really important. And their customer service uh, and customer support line is 800 That's 800 0083. And Robert, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing. It's really important. I love the features and the thoughts behind, you know, the whys of what you're doing um, to really meet the needs of of the people. I I think that that is so critically important. And a lot of times I I see research that is done, but it's kind of, um, and I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to, um, but I, I see sometimes it's kind of skewed to the outcomes that they want, and it sounds like you really have mm-hmm. an ear. And and to me, that is just a critical, critical difference in terms of creating something that is actually usable, um, it's affordable, and uh, and that's a that's a wonderful thing. I, I have one last thing that I was just thinking about um, because this is a, a kind of a frustrating factor and people are a little bit at a loss um, to to how to deal with this. But many times when people have disabilities, they have specialized equipment, which I would see the phone being as one. Is there a way to be able to recycle that phone or pass it on to somebody else in need? Do you have a, 
um, a system for that. I know it would have to be cleared out and kind of refurbished and, and those types of things. But just a thought on that. I I know there's some people, even though the 309 and 349 is really economical compared to what you're looking at um, purchasing a phone for. But for for some, that's that's out of the loop in terms of what yeah. they can afford with that as well. Yeah. yeah. So what we, of course, there are, you know, there are plenty of cases, unfortunately, where people buy the phone, the, the, the senior uses it for a month or two, and then they pass away. Uh, so that does happen, or the disease progresses to a point where they can't use it anymore because they confuse the phone for the remote control and it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, in those cases, we encourage the user to call us not the user, sorry, the caregiver, to call us. And we do have a program where we donate, you know, we donate such phones. Okay. So we, I think that's, in that way, the the expense is not lost. The phone is not just sitting in a drawer somewhere. Uh, Someone else will benefit from from, uh, having the device. Sweet. That's, That's really nice to hear. Um, that's that's a huge benefit. I was going to say, even if you, if you ever needed connections to even the memory cafes, might have people to donate to. But through your state programs, you you know there might be something that's a natural fit there, as well with that. Yeah. So again, Lori, really, that, mm-hmm. it, just one other point I just thought of with respect to cost, and you just triggered my memory. Uh, of course, some of these state programs do make the phone available, uh, the RAS memory cell phone, they do make it available to people who are low income at no cost. So okay. Maryland is an example. Maryland is an example of such a state. Uh, there are a couple, a small number of others. So uh, certainly if, you're, if you live in Maryland um, and you're low income, the phone is available for free and that's that's another avenue for getting one. Wow, that's huge. That is huge. I mean, we know someone's paying it somewhere down the road, but that is, uh, that's a huge benefit. Um, so thank you for being inclusive of, of all income levels and uh, in needs out there. Again, fabulous product. Again, check out razmobility.com. That's R-A-Z-mobility.com. And, um, Robert, again, thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, and have a great rest of the day. You too. And for our listeners, uh, please like, click, and share. This is really important information uh, that people need to know about um, and have access to. Uh, I, I Like I said, I love the idea that they're really listening uh, to who they're serving and uh, these these updates in November, I think, will be fantastic as well. So, uh, again, all of our shows are archived. You can listen to them, you know, subscribe to the podcast. And, um, again, think about being our next guest. I'd love to hear from you. Just reach out to me at alzheimerspeaks.com. Have a blessed week, everyone. Bye now.